Breakthrough. Say that with me. Breakthrough. That's our theme for the year. I just think about God, our Father. God, our Father. God, our Father, the Father of breakthrough in, in our lives. And um, I was thinking of Him as our Father. And what puts a smile on our faces as parents? How many parents do we have here today? Raise your hand. What puts a smile on, on the face of God the Father? And before I get into it, I, I'm just looking here at, at Bob and his family, Bob Weber, and his sister Deb Kittner has been a, a part of Morningstar for at least the last four years or so, and, and she has had really a physical fight the last several years. And um, early this morning, she went to be with God her Father. And that, that's a loss on our part, but, and we grieve, but the word says, not like those without hope, because she placed her faith in Jesus Christ. He brought her to God the Father, and she is in heaven with him today. And she had perfect peace, and really she had an anticipation where she wanted to go. And so pray for Bob and his family and the relatives. We'll update you when her memorial and homegoing service will be. But you think about that. You know, what puts, when it comes to your kids, what puts a smile on your face when it comes to your kids? What puts a smile on your face? You know, I thought about that. And our two boys are adults now with families of their own, but I thought about that when they were younger and they were playing sports. Man, that put a smile on my face. And they played several sports, but mostly basketball and baseball, and I was involved with them. And, and watching them and being a part of that really did put a smile on my face. And then they got into um, <clears throat> also music and instruments, and our one son is a really good guitarist, and he's a worship leader. That put a smile on my face. Her other son, he was here. He was our first drummer. He was a drummer for many years. Put a smile on my face seeing him. I call it the cage. He's in the cage. Drumming. It's a good place for him sometimes. He's in the cage, drumming away. And then years ago, we had a next door neighbor. And her husband was in the army, deployed in Iraq, two young girls. And uh, my son would, you know, cut our grass and he cut their grass. Every time he cut our grass, every week, cut their grass every week, didn't take anything, didn't want anything, didn't want to be compensated, and he did it with joy and with such a great attitude. It put a smile on my face. It really did. And I think about that a little bit further, and honestly, honestly, I, I commend you. So many of you uh, have been serving and serving. We've been eight months now into the project in Pittsburgh. That's a long time when you're asking people to come and serve, come and serve. And we are blessed. And yesterday, 35 to 40 people were there serving and painting and work. Praise God. Come on, praise God. Come on. If I'm tired, you're tired, we're tired. But man, we were energized and I'm going to tell you, you put a smile on my face. And I'm just going to say this. We're, we're, we're getting here. Easter Sunday's coming fast. And so if we, we got so much done yesterday. And if we could have a group like that this Tuesday and Saturday, because we can just 
knock out the other side of what we need to paint. We're into the foyer, we're into the rooms there on the first level. It's great. And I'm thinking about that. And when we make a decision in our hearts to serve the Lord, when we make a decision to be generous, when we make a decision to give, we may not see the face of God, but let me say this, the words of the Apostle Paul, God loves a cheerful giver. And there's a smile on the face of God. Absolutely a smile on the face of God. So here's the big idea today. And this is what I want you to grab a hold of. We can be generous with our time and with our talents, with our treasure, our finances. We can be generous with love and with patience. And when we give, I want you to hear this today, what we give away, we will never, ever lose. In fact, God will multiply it. That's what I want you to begin to get a hold of this morning, and God will multiply it. I absolutely believe 2020 is a year of breakthrough, but it's not going to happen unless we believe. So say with me, breakthrough. I want you to believe. We want to build your faith. We really do. I want to encourage you and strengthen you. You know, salvation doesn't work unless we believe. Amen? Come on, you got to believe. Salvation doesn't happen unless we believe. We're not going to receive answers to our prayers unless we believe. Healing doesn't take place unless we believe. And we think we have to have this big faith, big faith, big faith, just that small mustard seed faith. Let God take that and use that and believe. And the principles in the Word of God will never ever become a reality in our lives unless we believe and we put those in the practice. And so when we see Jesus' words in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life. And I like how the Amplified really expands, breaks down what's being said there in the Greek, may have life and that you may enjoy it. Come on, God wants you to enjoy this life. Are we going to be happy every day, every moment of that? But I can have the joy of the Lord in this life, amen? He wants you to enjoy this life, the life that he's given us, and we can have it to the full till it overflows. And we want to see God just do what God wants to do and only he can do in our lives. So let's stand this morning. Let's take out our word and let's encourage ourselves in the Lord. I want to encourage you this morning. So as you take your Bible or your app, hold it up and let's believe God, uh, I'm going to trust you. You see, God's pleasure is that we trust him and his pain is that we doubt him. And, and the enemy like to use doubt in our life and like to use fear. And God, we're making a decision today. I don't understand it all. How many there's a lot of things you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. But what I know, I know. And what I know balances out the rest. Amen? Come on. Some of us going to trust God. I'm going to believe God did it. Let's say it together and allow the Holy Spirit to bring the word alive. Speak to our, our hearts today. This is my Bible. This is the word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. When I read and hear the word, faith comes to my spirit. I boldly confess my mind is alert. 
My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God, and it will change my life. I'll never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's what we're doing this morning. That's what we're looking at this morning. So God is able to multiply what we make available to him. He's all about it. He is. Here's a couple examples. God's all about it. He's able to multiply what we make available to him. So we see in 1 Kings 17, just two quick examples. There's so many in the word of God, but to really uh, validate what I'm talking about, 1 Kings chapter 17, the prophet Elijah. There's a famine in the land, He goes to a widow woman and her son. And she is down to one little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. And she's making preparations to make a biscuit, a little loaf. They're going to eat. This is her plan. And that's all they're going to have. And then they're going to die. They're going to starve to death. And the prophet Elijah shows up and he says, Oh, before you do that, make me a cake first, a biscuit first. I tell you, we we think, (laughs) come on, sometimes we're kind of weird as the people of God, aren't we? Aren't we? We're, We're a little bit out there, or I think we should be at times. You say, oh yeah, that's that's fine and dandy, but you make me a biscuit first. And then he says. But the Lord says, the oil's not going to run out and the flour's not going to run out. It's going to multiply. That's what he's saying. When you give to God first, it's going to multiply. Then we see he says to Gideon, all you need is 300 soldiers. Doesn't matter about the thousands that are against you. I'm going to multiply your soldiers' strength and effectiveness. That's all you need. Watch me multiply this. Hallelujah. Amen? So we're going to look this morning. As we look this morning, we're going to look uh, that our God, He's going to multiply. He's going to multiply. So we look in Luke chapter 9, and we look at this event that's in all four Gospels, but we're going to bring it out Luke chapter 9 this morning. And it's the account of one of those miraculous multiplications, and we see Jesus is the master of multiplication. He's the master. And we're looking at the feeding of the 5,000. You know the story probably very well, but let's just revisit this and bring some things out. I'm going to read it quickly this morning. And the apostles, when they had returned, told them that all they had done, they'd been out preaching, he had sent them out, and they'd been seeing God do marvelous, miraculous things. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethesda. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed those who had need of healing. And when the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away that we may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish. 
And looking up to heaven, he blessed and he broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. By them. We look at this story of multiplication. And uh, I want you to uh, kind of personalize it. Put yourself into the story for the next few moments. Insert yourself. You're one of the disciples. You're there. You're out in the country. You're on the hillside. You're with Jesus. You haven't been following him very long. And you're trying to determine, is he really who we think he is? Is he the Messiah? Is he the son of God? You've left your fishing boats, you've left your business behind, and you're traveling with him on a nationwide speaking tour, and one day an enormous crowd gathers, and you're excited because this is the most people ever to attend a Jesus festival, right here, and you're part of it, and you begin to count the head of the households, and you come up with about 5,000 men, and Really, we see there were women and children. There could have been 20,000 people on the hillside that day with Jesus and the disciples. Listening to Jesus, his voice carries and his voice carries and he preaches all morning and you expect him to wrap up around noontime because that's the time churches wrap up because you want to get there before the other churches get to the restaurant. So he's got to wrap up around noon because you got to get there and that's the way it usually works. But He doesn't. And Jesus keeps on teaching and teaching. It's 1230. And now it's about one o'clock. But you're thinking, well, this is really good stuff. This is the best preaching I've ever heard. So we should just let him go a little bit longer. And it's two o'clock and it's three o'clock and four has passed. And man, they're right there at five o'clock and he's still going strong and he's expounding on the scriptures. And now you're hearing from your associates, the people are hungry. This is going to work better in the second service. The people are hungry. (laughs) We need to let them out. They need to be dismissed. They need to go. The restaurants are going to close very soon. And not only are the people hungry, we're hungry, I'm hungry, everyone's famished. So you go to Jesus and you say, Lord, please pardon the interruption, but uh, uh, you know, know, there's a lot of people here, Lord. There's probably 20,000 people here, Jesus, and the people are hungry. The people, the people you care about, the people you love, we're, we're hungry, Lord Jesus. Don't you think, you know, you need to, you just, you know, let people go, dismiss everyone, and they haven't eaten all day, and the restaurants are going to close very soon, and, well, you might want to just kind of end things for today, dismiss everyone, Well, about that time, this is what we're going to see. These two truths of multiplication. With that, Jesus turns to you in verse 13, and he says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And then he turns around, and he just keeps teaching. 
20,000 hungry people on the hillside. And the Lord tells you to give them something to eat. And you go back to the rest of the guys. Did you tell him that, that, that the people are hungry? Uh-huh. Did, did you tell him he, he should wrap up and dismiss everyone and let them go? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that going to happen? Well, not exactly. What do you mean, not exactly? Well, he's not stopping. Not exactly. Well, what did he say? He said, you're to give them something to eat. Oh, <laughs> what? Oh, for a moment there, I thought you said, we're to give them something to eat. And he goes, yeah, that's what he said. That we're to give them something to eat. What? He wants us to feed 20 thousand people. He said we should give them something to eat. That's what the master said. So you spread out. You go among 20,000 people and 30 minutes later you come back and you have five loaves of bread and two fish. You have the essence of a happy meal with an Aquaman action figure. That's what you have. 30 minutes, five loaves, two fish. You got a happy meal right here. You got a happy meal. Great. Report back to Jesus. Excuse me. You give him exciting news about what you've collected for dinner, and you think, well, surely now, when he hears we only have five loaves, two fish, he's just going to wrap it up. He's going to shut it down. He's going to dismiss everyone. We're going to go. We're going to get to the restaurant. And with that, he smiles and he says, oh, that's great. Now, here's what I want you to do. Let's get ready. You get everyone into groups of 50. And you're thinking, 2,000 people in groups of 50. It's like we're going to herd cats right now. How are we going to do this? But maybe that's the first miracle we never think about. He, they get 20,000 people into groups of 50. And they do that. But with that, you can't help but figure out now, I know I'm taking liberties here, but really, how is Jesus going to do this? How is he going to provide for all these people? How is God going to meet my need? And this is where we usually get tripped up because we begin to think and try to figure out in advance how is God going to take care of this situation in my life? How is God going to answer my prayer? And we try to figure that out and figure that out. And every time we do that and go there, how many has found out you're usually wrong? How is God ever going to? To do this. So, what do we see in this story of multiplication? Well, right here in verse 13, God's work, our hands. This is the way it works every time. This is how he works. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. God wants to give 
to us so he can give through us. Somebody say amen to that. God wants to give to you so he can give through you. The responsibility is ours. We are told, go preach the gospel, baptize in water, make disciples of all nations, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, give a cup of cold water. We are to give. That's our responsibility. The first part of verse 16, then he took the loaves and the fish, Jesus, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and he broke them. He blessed and he broke them. We look at that, what does that mean? Well, something must first be blessed before it can multiply. First of all, in other words, it has to be given to the Lord first. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be given to God first. Can you imagine Peter and he's thinking, well, I just gave you so little, Jesus, five loaves and two fish, and then you broke that up and you handed that to us, and we have less than we ever had before even, and what are we going to do with these little fragments, these little pieces, and maybe we should just pray a little bit more, Jesus. Sometimes we become mighty prayer warriors at certain times, don't we? Doesn't look like so much. Maybe we should pray more. This is little. Let's pray more. And Jesus says, no, we're done praying. It's good. It's blessed. We're good to go. And so you get to the groups of 50. And what are you doing? You hand out the bread and you hand out the fish. You hand out the bread and you hand out the fish. And you hand out the bread and you hand out the fish. And you just keep handing bread and fish, bread and fish, and it keeps going and going and going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It just keeps going and going and going. It's not stop. What's going on here? I hand it away. I look back and there's more. I hand it away. Look back and there's more. I hand it out and I give it away and there seems to be more in my hand. I can't get rid of this stuff. How many starting to catch on right now? Amen? This is what we've missed in this miracle story. The miracle didn't happen in Jesus' hands. The miracle took place in the disciples' hands. Amen? Amen. And the result were 12 baskets of breakthrough. Hallelujah. 12 Baskets of leftovers. Hallelujah. That's called a breakthrough. How many want a breakthrough in 2020? The miracle doesn't happen in the hands of the Lord. The miracle happens in our hands. Something must first be blessed before it can multiply. That means given to the Lord first. We give the first of our increase to the Lord and the rest is blessed. May I be bold and say when you give to Him first... We don't give him our leftovers, but if we give to him first, we are going to have leftovers. If we give to him first, we don't give him our leftovers, but if we give to him first, we're going to end up with leftovers, and leftovers, that's a good thing, more than enough, amen? Come on, I don't have enough oil. I don't have enough flour. I don't have enough here. But if we give to him first, we're going to have leftovers. I'm going to tell you, I like leftovers. It was good the first time. It's better the second time. That was good chili yesterday. It's going to be better today. 
The sauce on the spaghetti was good yesterday. It's better today. The meatloaf was good yesterday. Let me tell you, it's far better today. Leftovers. How many want some leftovers in your life? Our God is more than enough. We said last year he's limitless. That's why we're stepping into this year. Our limitless God is going to bring you to breakthrough in 2020. Give to him first. If we don't give to him first, we're not going to have leftovers. The rest will be blessed. Jesus, the one who receives our tithes, is the only one who has the power to bless so it can multiply. And secondly, only what is given away can multiply and gave them to the disciples, verse 16, to set before the multitude. The disciples had the bread. The disciples had the fish. It had been blessed. And it had the potential to multiply. You think about that. But what if they just themselves would have eaten the bread and eaten the fish? They would have had a little bit of a meal. And then it was gone. They wouldn't have been full. And there wouldn't have been 12 baskets left over. They had to give it away so we could multiply. Say it with me, give it away. Now can you see the face of Jesus? Man, if we're going to think about this story, they've been out there. He said, it's good, it's blessed. Now you give them something to eat, you give it away. And they're out there, and I think they're amazed. Wow, it just keeps going and going and going. They trusted, they obeyed, they were doing what Jesus told them to do. And can you see the face of Jesus? (laughs) There's my boys. Look at my guys. These are my sons. Man, they're doing it. It's multiplying. He's smiling. He's proud of them. They trust it. They believe. They're giving it away. They're getting it. They're doing it. Watch them go. I can just see his face. I love this. I love it. Verse 17. So they all ate and were filled And 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. We look at that, and we probably think, boy, I'd like to see my life multiply. How many like to see your life multiply? You hear everything I'm talking about. I would like to see my giving multiply. I would like, you know, what I do to multiply, have an effect And so we're looking at this thing called tithing, but really it's much more. We're looking at this thing called generosity. And we're talking about giving away our time and our talent and our finances. And we're giving away love and we're giving away patience. And we look at this and we think about that. Tithing is just returning to God what is God's. It's His, the tithe. And that tithe really means 10%. But in reality, it's all God's. It's His. Say with me, it's all God's. See, He owns everything that we have. He allows us, and we get that biblical word steward, or He allows us to steward it or manage what's in our lives. And the thing is, you don't give away what doesn't belong to you. So I'm just returning to God that 10%. And the offering is more than. It's not and, it's not or, it's and, it's more. And it's the attitude that really is so important here in which we give our tithes in this thing called offerings. And we look at the attitude in which we give, and we say it most every week when it comes time 
to, to take the tithes and the offerings. We say the Lord loves a... The Lord loves a... Yeah, a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's look at that right here. And this is what the Apostle Paul's talking about. Now remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously, that blessings may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and delights in the one whose heart is in the gift. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you, so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency and everything being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. So we look at this. This is breakthrough. This is where the multiplication takes place. This is where God brings his super to our natural. And if we look at this, we all have an element of fear at times when it comes to, I'm going to give it away. I'm going to give it away. We have an element of fear. I only have so much time. I don't know if I can afford to give my time. I only have so much patience. I don't know if I can afford to give my, I only have so much love to go around. I don't know if you're on the love list right now. I only have so much finances. I, somebody gets that today. Come on, really. You know, uh, I, I only have so many finances. I don't know if I can afford to give. There's an element of fear, but I like how the Apostle Paul through the Holy Spirit, has his fear killers, and it's called the alls of Paul. Right here, the alls of Paul. Everything that we need, God has it covered. Amen? In all circumstances, at all times, every resource that we need to do what God's called us to do, He has it all taken care of. Amen? And he's the one who supplies, even if we go on and read this, seed to the sower. Hallelujah. He has it all. Say it with me, all. God has it all covered. All we need, when we need it, how we need it, in good times, in challenging times, in bad times, in, in, in a, a joyful times, in times where we get raises, in times where there's promotions, in times where there's an abundance of finances, in times when finances are tight, in times we don't have a job, in times we need a job, in times when our business is suffering, in times when our business is excelling, God has it all. Amen? All, at all times. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Everything that God is calling us to do, it's all taken care of. And then I want to get to this portion right here. And we go to Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to wrap up in just a moment. The power of the offerings. And Jesus has a parable here of the talents. And as we look at the parable in, in Matthew 25, he gives to one servant manager five talents, to another one two talents, to another servant manager, he gives one talent. And there's been different thoughts on this, and I thought, well, how much did he actually give them so we could understand in, in our day and time? And some people have said over the years, and you read, one day's wages was a talent. A talent was one day's wages. But I did some further studying one time, and I did, some, I did it again this week. I wanted to double-check that. And they're looking at, really, the talent was probably 
more than probably silver. And so to the guy that he gave five talents, he gave $82,500. I want you to do something with $82,500. Another guy, he gave two talents. He gave him $33,000. And to the one guy, one talent, he gave $16,500. How would you like somebody to walk up to you today and give you $82,500? That could help a little bit. Come on. Would that help anybody here a little bit? Oh, come on. That would help a lot. Yeah. And we look at this, and of course, he comes back and says, what did you do with what I gave you? And we see to the five-talent guy and the two-talent guy, this is what he says. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And then we look at the one talent guy and we see that he loses out because he did nothing with that. He just put it in the ground, didn't even earn any interest at the bank. And we look at this and I I, want to settle this question because we read that and we think, did he lose his salvation? It looks like he lost his salvation. No, no, no. We're not talking about salvation. And many times we go there because he cast him out and he calls him wicked. I'm not calling us wicked if we don't do that. But what he's saying here is he lost out on his joy and he lost out on his opportunities to serve and to give and be a part of what God was calling him to do. Oh, sorry, buddy. It's time to sit the bench. That's what he was doing. You're not in the field. You're not in the game. You just sit the bench for a while here. You have lost out because God brings opportunities. He brings talents. He brings abilities. He brings resources into our life. And when we begin to trust him and use them for his honor and glory, there'll be another open door. There'll be another open door. There'll be somebody else coming down the road to bless be somebody else that we can pour into. God wants to multiply what he places in your hand. Somebody say, yes, I'm starting to get a hold of this. Amen. Come on, amen? God wants to use you and use us. You see, multiplied opportunities and the neglect results in the loss of that multiplication of what he's entrusted to us. We go to Malachi chapter 3 and the tithes and offerings, and we look at that and how important this is because it's far beyond just the monetary. When we look in Malachi chapter 3, the tithe removes the curse. The tithe is what brings the blessings of God and the balance of his blessings on our finest. Tithing rebukes the devourer and opens the window of heaven. It's the foundation of our life and it's the foundation of our giving. But you got to look there. It's not an or, it's an and. It's tithes and offerings that, what? Rebuke the devourer. Tithes and offerings that remove the curse. Tithes and offerings that brings the blessing onto our lives. I believe that we can be generous with our time. How many said, man, God, help me here. I want to be generous with my time. Come on. Come on. Amen. 
I believe with all of my heart, we can be generous with our love and generous with our patience. I'm including those things because sometimes those are challenges right there. How many ever had some trouble being patient before? Yeah. He's going to allow you to be in situations where you absolutely need patience. That's how it works. He's going to allow you to be in situations where you're going to have to love people, where it's hard to love people. I absolutely believe that we can be generous with our time and our talent and our treasure and our love and our patience because God wants to bless and multiply your life. God wants to multiply. And some of you have very you have trouble believing this. He wants to multiply your finances just like he did the five loaves and the two fish. It's the word of God. Amen? He said, I will send my word and it will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent if we will receive his word and believe his word. Amen? I got a little look here. We had some apples in the M team room. Amen. Apples. Look at that. I wasn't planning to eat that. But I thought that would kind of just refresh me there. You slice the apple up. What do we find when we open up the apple? Seeds. One apple. Seeds inside that one apple. You plant those seeds, you get trees, multiple trees. Out of the trees from one apple, you get thousands of apples. It happens, right? How many believe that takes place? How many don't believe that? Yeah. You got problems if you don't believe that. <laughs> That's real. One apple, thousands of apples. It's a natural law and principle. God has spiritual principles in his word that are just as real and they work just like he says they will work. God wants to multiply your life. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen? What does multiplication look like? Us. We. Turn your neighbor and say we. Yeah. I'm not talking about John Decker. No. I'm talking about us, Morning Star Fellowship. We, I'm not talking about Teresa, me, us together. What does multiplication look like when we give of our time and our talent and our treasures? Well, here's just small examples, a few examples. Water baptism. Men and women going into the waters. New lives in Jesus Christ. Their eternities and destinies forever change as they go public for their faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? We see students, we see teenagers coming to Christ. We see M-Star kids, kids knowing that Jesus loves them, has a plan and a purpose for their life from the nursery all the way up. Now just stay here. Don't, don't move. We, we have multiple missionaries that we support here in America and around the world. Go down the hall, it says go. Go make disciples. There's Tia on the left. Grew up here. Clinton and her husband are in Haiti every day. 
sharing Christ in Bible studies, handing out food, training them in trades. Their community is being changed. The Word of God is multiplied. We give financially, and there are multiple lives touched in Haiti today, not only through Chia, but through Convoy of Hope, which, you know, we, it's the top picture. And that's one picture from uh, in El Salvador. And we went to one location where they're learning how to plant and grow their own crops and they're feeding themselves. So we're not going to be feeding them and feeding them and feeding them, getting an education, hearing about Jesus every day and, and being fed at the same time. And they're preparing to feed themselves. The bottom one in the middle there, we're in Tanzania with Gil and Dolphy because we believe that a village to the good people going to get a water well, get a church, get a school. We were there, many of us, last year, and there are thousands being changed because we give here at Morning Star. They never, ever heard about Jesus. They were dying physically and spiritually. Hallelujah, Jesse Comrie. Few examples, so many out there. Jesse Comrie, Global Renewal Ministries. We give, we pray, we give financially every month. Here's just a small picture. Through his ministry last year, 11 new churches were planted around the world. Hallelujah. Come on. Money matters. But it only works if we give it away. Say it with me. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Last verse. Let's stand together. Oh, yeah, Pinsburg. Come on. I, 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 yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo! Woo! So what we're going to do, yeah, we're taking scary steps of faith. Yeah, I'm human, but I've had a word from God. And His word trumps the devil's word that He tries to throw up on my mind. You're going to decrease here so you can put people there and you believe you're going to increase both places and multiply yeah that that's the kingdom because God told me you feed them you just give it away and watch what I can do God, watch what I can do yeah we're going to go to one service and there's going to be one service there but in my spirit I just get a picture. Yeah, that can last for a few months. We'll go back to two. We'll get two going down there, amen? Come on, how many believe that today? How many believe that today? I believe that today. There's a song that has gripped me for 2020 when we talk about breakthrough. I know a breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. My Lord made me a promise, and He won't stop now. Breakthrough 2020. You're believing, you're believing, you're believing. We're receiving in this year. God is going to bring breakthrough. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. What are we going to do this week? Let me give you an action plan. Let me give you an action plan. What are we going to do this week? We're doing it, we're doing it, but, but get intentional. What are you going to do this week? I, I want you to see something multiply. Some of you, it may look like this. You're going to talk to somebody, 
and, and, and you're just going to be able to say, hey, here you go, Carol. Here's $10. Yeah, take that. You do something with that this week. Don't keep it for yourself. Keep it for yourself. It doesn't work. Disciples didn't keep it for themselves, right? You do something with that. Bless somebody this week. See what that, in two weeks, tell us what happened. Not next week, two weeks. Okay? Scott, come here, buddy. Same thing. It's only $10. Five loaves, two fish. But you're going to multiply that this week. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to see that happen. Hallelujah. You're going to love somebody this week. You're going to take time, which is far more costly than $10 with somebody this week. When you're thinking, I don't have any time. You're going to exercise some patience with somebody. But I know a breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise, and he won't stop now. Hallelujah. Prayer team, would you come this morning? Oh, the greatest miracle of all. We try to figure it out, and we really can't, but that we can be born again. We have a physical birth, but Jesus says, oh, there's something better than this. You can have a spiritual birth, a brand new life, sins forgiven. You can live forever and ever for me and with me. I want to ask you today if you would like this great Jesus to come into your life and turn your life around and bring his abundance to you this morning, his great love, his great forgiveness. If you are thinking right now, yeah, I need Jesus. I know I don't have him in my life. I know I'm not living for him. And right now I want to ask him into my life. Raise your hand with me if you would. I'm going to take a moment and look around. We do this every week. It's that important. Every week. Hallelujah. I don't see anyone this morning. Hallelujah. How many are believing for that breakthrough in your life? Just, just keep believing. Let's, let's worship together, then we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Keep your hand raised to the Lord. By faith. I'm believing. I'm worshiping you, Jesus.